You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Happy Monday, everybody. And this is a victory Monday. The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday by 11. And again, they led by as many as 17 and really kind of had in hand about midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, so we got a lot to break down here on the show today. We'll do key takeaways. We'll do uh, individual studs and duds. It's all upcoming here on the show. First of all, though, thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Locked on Wolves is, of course, free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so setting this thing up, the Nets, of course, did not have Kevin Durant. He's out for an extended period of time with the knee injury. Uh, Joe Harris is still out after an ankle injury. Paul Millsap no longer in the rotation, not with the team at all. Otherwise, and also Nicholas Claxton didn't play. The Timberwolves didn't have Patrick Beverly, but otherwise, um, you know, obviously James Harden still played. Kyrie Irving in his sixth or seventh game back. The Timberwolves had their big three, uh, and the starting lineup was intact, minus Beverly. So, it healthier than the last time these two teams played. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns did not play in the game at Brooklyn in early December. He had the tailbone contusion that he suffered in Washington and also Kyrie Irving was still not playing at that point. So still guys missing, but a fairly, I mean, the Wolves came into this game. I think they were two and a half point favorites on, uh, on betonline.ag, which was a bit of a surprise given that both James Harden and Kyrie Irving were going to play. But as we talked to, about a little bit on the show Friday, I did a quick preview of, of the, of the game of Sunday's game. I mean, James Harden's been good this year, obviously, but he hasn't been the same James Harden we've come to, uh, you know, get used to watching over the past several years, not the MVP James Harden, not, not by a long shot, but still Brooklyn's the number one seed in the Eastern conference. This was not going to be a walk in the park for Minnesota, or at least it shouldn't have been. As it turns out, uh, Minnesota was fantastic offensively in this game. Uh, they opened the game. Jade McDaniels in the starting lineup in place of Patrick Beverly. He started by guarding James Harden. Kyrie uh, was guarded. It was a little bit of D'Angelo Russell early. It turned into more Anthony Edwards as the game went on. And I mean, Kyrie Irving had a really strong game in this one. He was the biggest problem for Minnesota. What did he finish with? He finished with 30 points on 20 shots, six rebounds, five assists. He only had three turnovers. Uh, Kyrie was very, very good. He was really the only player that the Timberwolves had consistent issues with. I mean, Patty Mills throughout the game was knocking down open threes, but I mean, Patty Mills was mostly shooting catch and shoot threes. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like he was breaking down the defense like Kyrie Irving was. And James Harden just wasn't all that great in this game. We'll get into that. Josh Kogi came in the game off the bench. No Patrick Beverly meant that. And of course, multiple perimeter guys, uh, you know, Harden, um, certainly in Kyrie Irving, both to guard Josh Okoge got some solid minutes off the bench, ended up only playing 11 minutes, but it was all while the game was in the balance. He came in at the second unit, guarded Kyrie uh, in, in the first part of the game, then guarded James Harden for parts of the second quarter and generally did a good job. The whole first half was kind of all about Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. Uh, D'Lo was so good. This is, I don't know how many straight games now we've seen him really just kind of direct, conduct the orchestra on offense, right? I mean, the the pocket passes, passing in the pick and roll game. He had an alley-oop pass to, I think it was Jared Vanderbilt, maybe it was Jaden McDaniels, uh, the no-look passes. And D'Lo doesn't really ever get too fancy. Um, I, I shouldn't say that. 
He does sometimes because because everyone does sometimes. But generally speaking, these are smart passes, good passes. He had two turnovers in this game to 10 assists, and at least one of those turnovers, I believe he was charged with the turnover on this, but a good pass, but Jared Vanderbilt wasn't ready slash doesn't have the best hands in the world. Those types of things are usually what get D'Lo. He was really good in this game. And early in the game, his shot was, I mean, I think he was five of his first six from the floor. He struggled a little bit shooting as the game went on, but ultimately, fantastic game from D'Angelo Russell. Um, efficient overall. He ended up with 23 points on 13 shots, but at one point he had 17 points on six shots uh, right around halftime. It was either right before or right after halftime. That was the count. Um, the bench unit played fantastic. The Wolves were only up one going to the second quarter, but the bench, the reserves are what gave the Wolves what ultimately was a 10-point lead at halftime. It was almost all because of the bench. At halftime, James Harden did not make a shot from the field. He did not make a field goal in this game until there was 30 seconds left in the second quarter. He was completely shut down by the combination of Jade McDaniels and uh, and, and Josh Kogi for a stretch there in the first half. The Timberwolves were up 10 at halftime because of the second unit, because of getting to the free throw line. They attempted 19 free throws in the first half, and they made 17 of them. Brooklyn only had seven made free throws at halftime. Uh, Brooklyn was really only in the game because of their rebounding. And ultimately, they were still a, a plus 11 on the glass, Brooklyn was, for the game. But um, it was the free throw shooting, or excuse me, it was the um, it was the offensive rebounding that's what really kept Brooklyn in the game. They were had a 12-2 lead in offensive, uh, excuse me, in second chance points in the first half. So that 10 points, I mean, take away that 10 points, and Minnesota would have had a 20-point lead um, at halftime if it wasn't for the second chance opportunities for Brooklyn. And, and we'll talk about this in key takeaways, but in that sense, the game played out how we may have expected. And what I talked about on Friday, on in Friday's preview show, Brooklyn did the things that we expected them to do well, and the Timberwolves were able to take advantage in a few other areas. And that was really kind of the first half, and that's how the Wolves got that 10-point lead. Minnesota did get up by uh, 14 in the third quarter. They're up 94-80. Then the Nets went on a 7-0 run. Ultimately, by the end of the quarter, it was a 7-point game. They, they, they did cut into that lead. Um, the Timberwolves got a bunch of points off turnovers and in, 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 in the open floor in transition. We'll talk about more about that later, but that's what they used to kind of help them keep that lead. Um, in the fourth quarter, the Timberwolves went no big three, no Towns, no D'Angelo Russell, no Anthony Edwards for the first about four and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. And the reserves more than held their own. Jalen Noel, we'll talk a lot more about him later. He was awesome running the point with the second unit. Remember, no Patrick Beverly, Jordan McLaughlin, was active and, and did play a minute of garbage time at the end of the game, but um, was not part of the rotation because of return to reconditioning from COVID-19. No Patrick Beverly. That meant the only active point guard besides two-way player McKinley Wright, who's only played in a couple of games this year and obviously isn't quite NBA ready. It was D'Angelo Russell. And that meant that Jalen Noel was the backup point guard and he was really good. He kind of keyed the Timberwolves both in the second quarter and then also early fourth quarter. It was a unit that was, it was like Jalen Noel, Malik Beasley, Torian Prince, who was awesome in this game. Um, Nas Reed, those were the guys that helped the Wolves kind of build that lead back up to double digits in the fourth quarter. Carl Anthony Towns got LaMarcus Aldridge to foul out with with just over seven minutes left in the game. Ultimately, James Johnson fouled out. Um, after after LaMarcus Aldridge fouled out, James Johnson, the former Timberwolf, was guarding Cat. Cat got him to foul out as well. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, only had three points as of late in the third quarter, Towns had just three points in the game, had missed all of his three-point attempts. He was 0-4 from deep at that point. He got hot in the fourth quarter and did most of his damage in the fourth. Ended up with 23 after having just three late in the third. He got Aldridge to foul out. He got James Johnson to foul out. And he was basically the reason why the Timberwolves were able to put this thing away and get up 15-plus in the closing minutes. Um, 
And really, to break the to break down the game as a whole, I mean, it was Anthony Edwards early and D'Angelo Russell early. It was Carl Anthony Towns late. Really, it was kind of D'Lo, Jalen Noel throughout the game that were so fantastic. Um, you know, and then we'll get into some of the more specifics about the areas the Wolves did so well in here in just just a couple of minutes. Um, also, notably, I mean, you've probably seen this if you're listening or watching uh, that Anthony Edwards had a bit of a, a scare. I guess I, I don't feel like we're out of the woods completely yet, but end of the end of the game, a minute and a half, minute and 15 or so left. Chris Finch had sent all the reserves to the scorer's table to check in next dead ball. And right before the Wolves could commit the foul, Anthony Edwards was trying to get through a screen, stopped short. Dave Ben said on the on on TV and it was on Twitter afterwards that Edwards banged knees. It looked to me like he stopped short of banging knees with the with the offensive player for Brooklyn. And it was scary. In my mind, it was scary. Again. Just me reacting, watching this on the screen, obviously not a doctor at all or anything like that, but it looked like it was non-contact, that Ant stopped short of, of making contact with the with the opposing player. So to me, it was shades of, of and I, I realize where I'm going with this, but I'm just going to say it because this is what I thought of, shades of Ricky Rubio, Kobe Bryant, where they kind of maybe grazed knees, but it was more of stopping short of contact. And that stopping short is what caused Rubio to have the, the serious knee injury. And then the way that Ant limped off the floor, they checked him out briefly on the sideline, went off the floor, helped off the floor with a towel over his head, it looked bad. And then after the game, Chris Finch said immediately that Anthony Edwards told him in the locker room that he was fine. Um, and then Ant, shortly before I'm recording this, I think this was a little bit after midnight, Anthony Edwards uh, said on Instagram that he's fine. He said something like, I'm fine, y'all, or something on his Instagram feed. Who knows? Hopefully that's the case. I don't want to speculate beyond what I've already said. Like, what are the possibilities? Are there some less severe injuries if it's an actual injury? Or was this completely just a tweak or a hyperextension that maybe isn't a big deal tomorrow? I don't know. I have The Timberwolves haven't said anything about if there's additional testing that needs to be done. Um, John Krasinski from The Athletic did put out a tweet saying that they're basically, uh, the gist of the tweet was they're doesn't seem to be general concern around the Timberwolves around this, that it seems to be okay. So I don't want to spend much more time on it. Um, hopefully by the time you're listening to Tuesday's podcast, uh, or by the time I'm recording Tuesday's podcast, we have some clarity on, uh, you know, is this something, is he going to pop up in the injury report for Wednesday or for Tuesday night's game? Um, what, what does this mean? Um, but as of now, it sounds like the Timberwolves may have dodged a bullet. Yes, Finch probably could have had those guys out of there. I mean, there was a timeout with just over two minutes to play, like 2.15 left, and it was a 17-point game. I, I mean, yeah, he probably could have taken Towns, Edwards, D'Lo out of the game at that point. That would have, in hindsight, and maybe we'll see the quicker trigger here moving forward on that, hindsight, that would have been the right move. Um, but he was about to get them out of the game. It just it happened right before he could do that. So, yikes. Uh, could have been... Seems like it could have been a whole lot worse, but we'll we'll find out more hopefully by Tuesday's show. All right, let's get into key takeaways here next. Um, we'll, we'll hit that uh, here in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply may have forgotten about. On average, People save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. 
like Matthew B, who says, quote, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, saved $840 a year on car insurance, end quote. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash NBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. Let's also talk about our friends over at Built Bar. It's the new year. And that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure that you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. It's unlike other protein bars, which often are chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by like week three. And we're about three years into the new year. So now's about the time you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has you covered because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and only four net carbs, plus 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever they might be. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and still tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's talk key takeaways. First, though, another thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is coming up quick. It's Thursday, February 10th. At 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Lockdown NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's Eastern time, so I guess Central, that's 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. Super pumped for that. Trade deadline this year should be fun. Timberwolves, of course, could be active. I mean, we don't know. We talked a little bit about it on the show last week, but uh, certainly possible that Minnesota does something significant once we get to uh, to the deadline. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and talk key takeaways from this one. I've got a few, actually. Uh, first of all, this played out, the overall, Wolves-Nets played out mostly as expected. The Timberwolves won in the areas that they should have won that we called out on Friday's show. I wrote about this at Duncan with Wolves as well. Brooklyn was uh, coming into this game number 26 in terms of allowing opponent fast break points. So there were only, what, four teams worse than them uh, that allow more fast break points per game. Sure enough, the Timberwolves had 18 fast break points in this game. So that's right in line with what you might have expected. Of course, the Wolves play at one of the league's fastest paces. The Nets play fast generally too, but their trans- transition defense isn't great. They turn the ball over a little bit, uh, a little bit more than than as I uh, you know optimal uh, when it comes to the Nets. And so the Wolves, sure enough, took advantage in that area of the game. Also, Brooklyn gives up a lot of opponent second chance points. Uh, Minnesota's a good offensive rebounding team. Timberwolves didn't do that great in that category. Um, what? Let's see, offensive rebound-wise, the Timberwolves had 10 offensive rebounds in this game. They were okay in terms of second chance points, but the, the Nets 
had a bigger advantage on their end of the floor. Also points in the paint. Minnesota won the points of the paint battle by a pretty slim margin. I think it was four points. Uh, yeah. Um, and the Nets do allow a fair amount of opponent points in the paint. But the Timberwolves struggled in terms of controlling the defensive glass, the offensive glass for the Nets, and that was to be expected. Brooklyn did a really good job rebounding the ball offensively. The Wolves' defensive rebounding continues to not be very strong, although it's been better in recent weeks. Some of these bigger lineups have helped. Certainly having Jade McDaniels in and Jared Vanderbilt both in the starting lineup was a positive in that regard for Minnesota. But still, Brooklyn had 16 offensive rebounds. Overall, Brooklyn was a plus 11 on the glass. And that part played out as expected. However, the Timberwolves were able to take advantage in terms of getting to the free throw line. Brooklyn only attempted 15 free throws for the game. The Wolves attempted 31, which leads me to my next key takeaway. And this is a little bit of an aside. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. That don't want to turn this into lockdown Wolves slash officiating against the Timberwolves because Friday show, or I guess this wouldn't have been Friday show. It would have been Thursday show following the loss to Atlanta last Wednesday. I got on the soapbox. I talked about Wolves, Hawks, the bad officiating, et cetera. As you know, if you're a regular listener, I don't do that often. I can count on eh, maybe two hands. I've been doing this show now for two and a half years. And there's probably been less than 10 times when I've really spent any amount of time on officiating because, I mean, every team gets the short end of the stick every now and again. It has the long end of the stick every now and again as well. Oftentimes it's neutral. In this game, I actually thought Minnesota got some benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I thought generally it was a well-officiated game. And yes, the Wolves were the aggressor. And yes, the Wolves should have had more free throw attempts. But there were some there were some things that went the wolves' way that maybe didn't have to uh, that that we're not used to seeing go their way. I mean, a couple of, there was a missed double dribble on the Timberwolves. There was at least two missed travels on the Timberwolves that could have been called. Um, Carl Anthony Towns. There was the play that the Nets challenged that was called a foul on James Johnson could have been overturned to an offensive foul. I think they did the right thing by sticking with the foul call on Johnson, but that could have gone either way. Um, generally speaking, I thought this was a well officiated game, and I'm not saying the Wolves you know, got every whistle by any, by any means. Um, but the, the, the wolves did come out on, on the positive side of the ledger in, in a few areas where we're not used to seeing it. And, and I don't know, I mean, maybe this is the reaction to all the, the, the pieces written by, you know, uh, Britt Robson wrote a piece and John Krasinski wrote a piece about the wolves and their complicated relationships with the officials. Chris Finch has been waxing poetic about it in a very diplomatic Chris Finchy sort of way in the media about, Hey, you know, People put two hands on Carl Anthony Towns and they don't get called for fouls. It should be automatic. 100% true, whether it's on the perimeter or in the post. You can't put both hands on a guy defensively. Um, We saw some of those calls in this game. And I have no idea if it's connected. I don't know if the NBA said, hey, look, you guys are really screwing the Timberwolves. I don't think that's true. Um, Remember, the Wolves have the worst free throw uh, discrepancy in the NBA, the differential between Timberwolves free throw attempts and makes per game and opponent free throw attempts and makes per game. The Wolves have the biggest gap of any team in the league. Before the Atlanta game last week, it was sitting at like four. I don't know what the most updated number is. Obviously, this game is going to help flip things in the other direction. All right, next key takeaway uh, would be Jalen Noel's backup point guard. We've seen this a little bit more lately, certainly last game after Patrick Beverly did get hurt just six minutes into the game against the Hawks. Jalen Noel has been fantastic as a backup point guard. We've seen him control off or run the offense, initiate offense at times earlier this year, but he hasn't often, that hasn't often been his role. That's what that was in this game. He did play some minutes with D'Angelo Russell uh, where he was a little bit more off the ball, but he was essentially running the offense for Minnesota for a good stretch, uh, both in, in both the first and second half, played 22 minutes, led the team in, in minutes off the bench and uh, was really, really, really good. Uh, along with that, Torian Prince deserves a shout out as well. He was fantastic. And this is the sort of thing I was kind of have bemoaned this at several times throughout the first part of this year. 
is that the Timberwolves don't have these other guys step up often enough. It's often the big three. You know, you're not seeing Jaden McDaniels knock down open threes. It was the Atlanta loss. There was a loss just a couple games before that where Jaden McDaniels is missing open threes. Torian Prince is missing open threes. These guys, these role players need to hold up their end of the bargain. Well, Torian Prince and Jalen Noel, I mean, Torian Prince was perfect for the field in this game. They combined to be, uh, what, 12 of 17 from, or no, 12 of 15 from the field in this game, combined to be three of three outside the arc, four or four at the free throw line. Those are the types of games you know, certainly not expecting them to shoot 80% for the field or whatever every game, but to knock down more more wide open threes than you miss, I think is not too much to ask. And they did that in this game. The Timberwolves supporting cast did that. Talked about the free throw battle. Obviously that's significant, you know, being a plus in terms of made free throws, a plus 12 on the glass or plus 12, I should say at the line is massive in a game that you win by 11. That's significant. And then the last thing is the nice balance of the offense touched on this a little as well, that early in the game it was a lot of D'Lo, then it was Anthony Edwards throughout the second part of the first quarter, second quarter. Third quarter was a little bit of a mix. That's also when, you know, the Wolves tend to struggle a little bit. Brooklyn played played well middle of the third quarter on, but then it was the Carl Anthony Towns show. Late third quarter, much of the fourth quarter when he came back in the game midway through the frame, Carl Anthony Towns is really who put this game away. He hit a three-pointer off a sideline out of bounds play, and then from that point forward, he was getting touches all over the floor and was really kind of dominating proceedings on that end of the floor. Um, so nice balance in terms of spreading the wealth uh, when it comes to offensive production, shot attempts for the Wolves. Uh, you saw Cat with 18 shot attempts in this game, Ant with 17, and Russell was third on the team with 13. It's exactly how it should go. And then off the bench, you've got Jalen Noel leading the way with nine shot attempts in this game. If you're just talking about shot distribution, Minnesota did a pretty good job in this one. It was all said and done. All right, let's close the show by doing individual studs and duds, as we always do. We're going to do that next. First, though, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football to basketball, hockey to boxing, plus UFC, Right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from this one. Um, there really isn't anybody that played poorly for Minnesota. Quite frankly, uh, you go go on down the list. Everybody kind of had positive contributions in this game, so I'm not even sure. I, I, it's hard for me to come up with the dud. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot here in a second. I've I've got, I guess I got one I could single out here. But for the most part, everyone who entered the game played well, played hard in this game for Minnesota. Um, number one stud for me, it has to be Carl Anthony Towns with how he closed this game. I know this wasn't his. He had three points late in the third. But this this thing was kind of teetering right around 10 points until Towns kind of put his foot down and said, that that's it. He had a couple of threes, scored in the post, had an and one, got LaMarcus Aldridge and James Johnson both both disqualified uh, with, with six fouls late in this one. Ended up with 23 points on seven of 18 shooting, two of seven at the uh, behind the arc, seven of nine at the free throw line. Again, not his most efficient performance, only seven rebounds, but he did have two assists, two steals, two blocks, was very good defensively. And kind of held up his end of the bargain um, in terms of defensive play. I mean, I mean, 
defending James Harden and Kyrie Irving in pick and roll game and trying to contain them and also protect the paint, protect the basket is not easy to do. The Timberwolves had seven block shots in this game. Cat had two of them. This was a strong game from Carl Anthony Towns. Um, also want to call out D'Angelo Russell for a great game. 23 points, 10 assists, five rebounds, just two turnovers. Also at a steal, seven of 13 shooting, two of six on three, seven of seven free throws. Um, this was mostly, the, the damage for D'Lo was mostly done early in the game. He was much better in the first half, uh, really both points and assist wise, but he was still solid at the end of the game. And that tone early, I mean, the Wolves gave up 36 points in the first quarter, but it didn't seem that bad because they scored 37 and D'Lo was responsible for that. He struggled at times defensively in this game, but generally speaking, this was another strong D'Angelo Russell game. Um, my third one, I'm going to give it to Jalen Noel. I mean, you could obviously argue for Anthony Edwards, 25 points on 17 shots, Torian Prince, 15 points on six of six shooting. Absolutely. I get that. Uh, but Jalen Noel did a little bit of everything was asked to play a bit of a different role and was phenomenal. 16 points on six of nine shooting 16 points on nine shots. One of one outside the arc. He made a four point play. That was the only three point he made. He was fouled and made the free throw. Perfect three of three at the line. He had three assists, two rebounds, only one turnover in 22 minutes, and was a team best plus 13 in the plus minus column. Um, Just a really great game. I talked about him already last segment, but he did a little bit of everything, was okay defensively, and the Wolves really, they're just better when he's playing more minutes, and they're just generally better when he's on the floor. Again, Torian Prince, great game, 15 points, a perfect six of six from the field, made both his three-point attempts. I'm uh, I'm nitpicking here because I you know I had to pick somebody so that's why I picked Noel as my third star but Prince didn't have any other counting stats in 20 minutes no rebounds no assists no steals no blocks for Torian Prince it's almost hard to do he did have one turnover and one personal foul but very quiet outside of scoring um, then again I think the Wolves would take 15 points and you know zero is the rest of the box score in most games for Torian Prince if he shoots perfect from the field again Ann had a good game 25 points on 17 shots is very efficient for him. Well, just efficient in general, uh, not just for him, but nice to see him be that efficient. Four of eight on three-point attempts. He became the youngest player, by the way, in NBA history to reach 300 made three-pointers, uh, which is, or the fast, I should, yeah, the youngest player. So the fastest to get there in terms of age uh, was Anthony Edwards. Five of six at the line. He only had one rebound in 31 minutes, but he had four assists, two steals, and just one turnover. So a strong game from Anthony Edwards. The only... Dud, I'm going to hand out in this game is Malik Beasley. And he only played 14 minutes. I, I presume that that was because of the Timberwolves needed somebody that could help contain Kyrie Irving and uh, and James Harden. And Malik Beasley was not that person. Um, he, yes, he's improved incrementally defensively this year, but Josh Akogi got 11 minutes in this game. Malik Beasley only played 14. And Jalen Noel played so well, along with D'Angelo Russell playing so well. The Wolves needed the length of McDaniels on the floor, so there were D'Lo and Noel minutes together. It wasn't simply Noel playing backup point guard. It was also Noel playing with Russell. And Chris Finch, understandably, didn't want to take McDaniels off the floor when uh, when the length of, uh, or, or the talent, the ability of Kyrie Irving and James Harden were on the floor because McDaniels' length really does kind of change the game in that regard. Also, Torian Prince played so well. He played 20 minutes, so he ate into Beasley's minutes a little bit too. But Beasley played just 14 minutes, two points, one of three shooting, didn't actually attempt a three-pointer, which is weird. He had one offensive rebound, which is then when he scored on a, on a little baseline jumper um, after getting that offensive rebound. He, he did have a block and a rebound in 14 minutes. I should call it Jaden McDaniels, did a very solid job. He was primarily the one guarding James Harden. Harden had 13 points on 13 shots in this game. Yes, he had 13 assists, but he also committed six turnovers, made just one three, only had four free throw attempts in this game. He complained post-game about the inconsistency of foul calls, but 
I mean, there was maybe one play where I felt like I talked earlier about how the Wolves got the benefit of the doubt on some whistles. I, Harden wasn't one of them. I mean, Harden, there was maybe one play where I felt like he could have gotten a call and didn't. I mean, he was sloppy in this game. He's been pretty sloppy all year, frankly. Um, and that wasn't the issue for him. Jaden McDaniels was just really good. Uh, 14 points for Jaden too, by the way, on six of 11 shooting plus four rebounds in 27 minutes, which is good to see out of him. All things considered, this was a strong win. Sure. No Kevin Durant, but the Nets have still been you know, even with no Durant, they're still winning more than they're losing. They're still beating the teams they generally should beat because they have James Harden, because they have Kyrie Irving, because they have a fairly deep roster, um, even given their cap limitations. Patty Mills is very good. James Johnson's a solid player. LaMarcus Aldridge is still solid. Uh, but the Timberwolves won this thing uh, because of their aggressiveness, their ability to get to the free throw line, their their aggressiveness defensively and, and, and willingness to get out and run in transition after turning the nets over. Talked a little bit about fast break points, but they they generated or they caused 17 turnovers for Brooklyn in this game. Um, and that was all because, not all because of it, as I said, Harden was sloppy, but the Timberwolves were aggressive defensively and, and helped to cause those 17 turnovers to be sure. Um, a solid all run win for Minnesota. Next up, the Wolves, after this one game homestand, of course, they played the two on the East Coast, came home for one. Now they go back out on the road, this time to the West, take on Portland on Tuesday at Portland, uh, then at Golden State, a TNT game, the late game on Thursday night. And then they go to Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back, which is a rough back-to-back. Golden State Thursday, Phoenix at Phoenix on Friday night um, will be the three-game West Coast swing. So, of course, on Tuesday, we'll preview the Portland matchup. We'll talk about power rankings that'll be out here in the next couple days from around the league. The Wolves have won three out of four, so I'd imagine the power rankings will be fairly kind to the Wolves this week. Then, of course, Wednesday show will be the post-game pod. You know, tons of games this week, so lots to talk about. And, of course, just uh, a couple weeks away now from the trade deadline as well. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Wolves. Thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere else you like to listen. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories, Make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.